Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, the weekend special edition podcast. I am Nick Cole. You are? Single White Medusa. There was uh, some... uh, Hey, we're sitting right in front of the takeoff uh, at John Wayne Airport because we just ate a pizza. So and we and we discussed some interesting things because we've had a pretty interesting weekend of kind of putting all the pieces together. So if you're ready to see, if you're ready to hear the connections in the universe that we've seen, then stay tuned because we're about to get into it. But we are at the end of the uh, takeoff path at John Wayne Airport. If you are a pilot that is known as one nine right or one nine left, and uh, the Medusa is drinking some wine that she filched from the restaurant. I didn't filch. It was from my glass of wine that I ordered, but I was being a nice person and they were busy and there was a wait. And I thought, let me get the rest. Let me pour this in a to-go cup so they can turn their table over. Cause that's the kind of nice person. I am. Do we even know what episode this podcast is? Oh my goodness. Well, I think, I think one of our close friends is having some problems with our numbering system. <laughs> I think they're a little <laughs> all over the place. Let's see. No, we're all over the place. Well, they're, that's, they're, no, they're, I meant the numbers they're, are yeah. all over the place. Yeah. I think I'm I'm guessing we're at 152. Hmm. Well, let's see what that's we have That's the kind here. of quality podcasting you get on this show. <laughs> We've got a 148, a 149, and a 150 is kind of what I see here. Okay. So, so maybe it's 151. Let's say it's 151. Ding, ding, ding. I hope. Ring, we'll ring, see. ring goes the trolley. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding goes the bell. Yeah. So I can't really tell what got skipped. Hats off if that song is now an earworm. I think 147 maybe got skipped. Yeah. Well, let's just, you know what? Let's just. We're writing the timeline. <laughs> and we're saying we're at 151. We are. Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt. Should we do the internet? Should we play I'm my, my theme song again? If you want. No. Oh, okay. Fine. But that is my theme song, <laughs> Maybe just so we'll you know. Maybe we'll play you out. When I get a national show or a gorilla show in the free state of Texas, and I'm on the Alex Jones Network, that's I'm going to buy the rights to that, <laughs> that sign, that song. I'm sure Morrissey will give it to me because he has been, like, as much as, yes, we all know Morrissey is whatever his sexuality is. Oh, blah, is he blah, gay? Blah. Well, he's ambiguous. He's always been ambiguous about it, but sometimes he's gay, sometimes he's not. Stuff like that. But mm. here's why we all like Morrissey. Mm-hmm. He says things that get you canceled. Okay. The, his own people really have a problem with the shit Morrissey says. Because nice. he says a lot of, like, common sense stuff about not yeah. spending money you don't have and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, oh Morrissey's so problematic. Whenever they say someone's problematic, you know, uh, then there's a safe bet that they're actually a sane common sense person who's actually saying rational things mm-hmm. instead of ridiculous things like... You think that orcs are black people, and I'm like, I've never thought that. Yeah, but apparently, but apparently you, you have. <laughs> apparently you do. Apparently you feel, you know, like it's just insane right now. Like we're having a little bit of that with the the um, the Kickstarter. Is there's this crowd that's come in, and and they just come out of nowhere, and they all have multicolored hair, and they feel that that this is their march on Selma moment, criticizing the Forgotten Ruin Kickstarter. But thankfully. A lot of people have been like, I just like to play games, and never in my life did I ever think that orcs were any kind of race other I mean, than orc. orc. <laughs> exactly. And the only good orc is... A dead orc. A dead orc. See, and the Medusa's only played D&D twice. Yeah, Yeah, possibly. and she won both times. I did? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Did I win when uh, Jim Ward was DMing? 
Because remember we played like a couple years ago. It happened to be my birthday. That's not why we yeah. played. But I, I don't think you I won You were playing that. like I a gypsy bard and you won. I did? I think you did. Huh. That's funny because yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. And then you won the time I played Conan and I carried you off at the oh, end of the game. With, with the treasure chest after we killed Strahd. Yeah, Conan carried me off and yeah. called me his treasure. That's that's yeah. a win, right? He said, <laughs> the real treasure is you and now you have to come with me. You're my treasure. You're my treasure. <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> that was awesome. That was my favorite D&D moment for me. For me. So we'll talk about that. We'll tell you about our weekend real quick. On Friday night, we went to Marché Moderne, and that is a French restaurant in Newport Beach. Very, like, up, upscale nouveau French, but it's actually Alsatian, so they had a tasting menu that's really getting a lot of rave stuff, and the Medusa wanted to to go there and be seen. And uh, so she wore her sexiest dress. She was popping and locking. It was great. Um, like everybody was staring at her, but you can see the you can see the uh, pictures on my Facebook profile. I don't know how much longer I'll be on Facebook. I got to make a decision here because Facebook has informed me, um, and they use this really bullshit thing. They say because of your celebrity, um, we need you to uh, uh, authenticate, and and I'm like I'm not a, a celebrity. I don't I don't have like a lot of followers like. But they did say because of your reach, right? Which yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. But what they really mean is because you put up a lot of stuff that people respond to and we don't like those people, then you're a kind of celebrity. You're like an you're like an infamous celebrity. And we would like to we would like to like like I can do a couple of different forms of authentication, but I'm a little suspect on that authentic authentication because it kind of reveals too much about me. It could reveal where I, I'm at on a daily basis. Hmm. It could reveal what my face looks like, which my face pretty much looks like the same. But, you know, if you're suddenly wanting, you know, if you don't know, the CIA works a lot with your local gangs who run drugs and are scary. And a lot of people who end up, you know, accidentally killed in gang violence are actu- actually on purposely killed by the CIA. Mm-hmm using the gangs as low-level hitters and drug dealers and stuff like that. So do I want to make sure that, you know, uh, Paco and Juan, sorry to be racist, but I live in a Hispanic-American area. We also have Armenian gangs. We have Russian gangs, but primarily... Yeah, I've never really come across that Primarily, it's La M.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really, like, it would be, like, if I was, if I was on, if I was, like, in Hollywood, I would make it a, a white supremacist gang. Or like this is a great one, the the Jewish Zionist gang, you know, like like they, they was like, well, there's terrorists, and they're gonna set. And, and lately, it's either like it's either the uh, the um, three percenters. I saw that on Bosch. Yeah. You know they they believe in the Constitution. And not paying their not taxes. Not paying their taxes. And then someone pointed out on Homeland like, well, Homeland said hold my beer and made it like Jewish Zionist oh, gangs. Wow. But it's like it's not actually any of the actual gang members I see. Yeah. So because this is the no bullshit control alt revolt podcast, we did come up with a nice little swag I did today for if you want to buy it. We're thinking about putting it together. Um, we just tell it like it is. And so it would probably be like M.A getting my latest uh, two-factor authentication where I have to look at the camera in the clothing that I'm wearing because I want to see, it, you know, what Rothman is zinging and getting in trouble today, you know, or what my friend Michael Bunker is uh, is is inviting people into his world of chat to destroy. And they're like, oh, look, he's wearing the Ralph Lauren double RL 
uh, jacket he bought here, Hector and Pablo. Go whack this dude. Oh, he just checked in at Marche Modern. Blah, blah, blah. So I I don't think everybody has to do this two-factor authentication, but I feel kind of like Courtney Love in her whole album cover in which she plays this beauty queen that's clearly been beaten within an inch of her life. Oh, yeah. I kind of feel like that. Like that's, I feel like that's when 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 Facebook says, "Hey, you're a celebrity. We'd like to upgrade <laughs> you to this super secret prison camp service." I'm like, oh, I feel like that Courtney Love picture. You yeah. know, that's what I feel like. Um, that's fun. That's that makes sense. That's yeah, fun for me. I feel really me. fancy yeah. in my prom dress that's with the, my two black eyes. Because my teeth are knocked out, <laughs> and I'm shot by Pablo and Juan coming out of the <laughs> sidecar donuts, and like it just so happens that sometimes when I and I and I've lost I've lost some good weight. I'm trim, doing a lot of athlean X. I've got some some abs, some guns, and everything like that. But I am a 50-year-old man, and occasionally when I share a donut in the car with the Medusa, I might unbuckle the belt. <laughs> and so Pablo and Juan are going to effing shoot me, and my pants are going to fall down <laughs> around my ankles. And I don't wear underwear because this is just a thing I don't do. And so it's going to look – I'm going to have a really embarrassing death thanks to Facebook two-factor authentication. And But if I can get to my gun, Pablo and Juan, you fuckers are toast. I don't care if you shoot me. I will. I don't care if you shoot me with my pants down around my ankle. I am going to, I'm going to, you're going to pay. <laughs> exactly. They didn't make me Irish for nothing. How's it going to feel to get killed by, by a guy, guy with, with a pants down, down around his ankles <laughs> holding a donut? Very good, Medusa. Thank you. Very good. You were a comedy genius. <laughs> good times. Good times. So, yes. Yeah, so over pizza tonight. Well, we didn't finish the weekend. Oh, Do you right. want to talk about the tasting menu? What your favorite one was? There's quite a few see. things. It was called like Taste of the Sea. I mean, maybe my favorite was like the crab bisque one. That was pretty amazing. They took yeah. a Dungeness crab. Um, they cracked a hole in it. They took out all the meat. And then they put the meat back in the main body shell. And, and then they poured in sort of like this crab bisque. And then they gave you some more crab bisque in a little teeny tiny espresso cup. And then they put like a freshly buttered brioche in there for you to like mop up the crab jus. And it was like, it was really stunning. But when you step back from the sort of fractured Nicholas Fane-esque take that I have sometimes, and you look at it, you're like, humans are some, that's some cold shit. You know, like, not (laughs) not only are we going to kill you. But let me tell you what we're going to do with your your body, little crab. And, like, the crabs are down at the beach right now, and they're like, you know what those motherfuckers are doing right now? Excuse my language, Mom. I've had a lot of sugar in the form of I had a Dr. Pepper at the movie theaters. So Mom knows what that does. (laughs) Mom is well aware that I get a little chatty. (laughs) So I'll try to cut down on that. But them crabs are down at the beach, and they're like, you know what those people are doing to us? They split Artie open. They took all his meat. They stuffed, they cooked it, they stuffed it back in, then they made a sauce out of Artie's blood, and they're sopping that up with a pretty nice brioche. <laughs> like, those people are cold. Don't, that's why Animal Kingdom, don't mess with us. That's why they You tigers, you should stop eating people. We can figure this out if we want. <laughs> bears, we, we, could, we could do this to you, bears. We could make it like a nice little, uh, you know, yogurt smoothie out of your skull. It probably tastes not very that good. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Berry yeah. yogurt smoothie. Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna order. So that, that was good. Um, I liked. I liked that. I liked the surf and turf. Yeah, that was. I nice did not like favorite. the dessert, 
and I tried to talk you into a second dessert, but you would not go. It was a it was a fun rice pudding and everything like that, but at this local ice cream place called Hodel's, I have discovered um, the best mint chocolate chip ice cream that you can ever have, and then it comes in an ice cream sandwich between two giant Oreo cookie halves. So it's it, pretty that fun. That is amazing, but I was so full I couldn't do it. But yeah. yes, the, that and is I'm glad so you good. didn't. Yeah. Because I got up the next morning and I crushed it on the steel, and you know <laughs> I got on the weights and and I got on the weight machine, the weight scale telling machine. That's what they call that, the weight scale, weight the scale, scale the scale. <laughs> and uh, and I was I, I was not unpleased with the night's uh, Epicurean debauchery. You know, actually, actually ended up losing weight because it's small <laughs> portions. Yeah. You know, and and uh, it, it feels like the portions are so small that the calories you burn in digesting it gives you a nice little deficit. Yeah. It's not like if I went to the Acapulco next door and got like a plate of rice and beans the size of a small poor person's boat. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, better have some chips with that. You know, and you're running the chips through the lard fried beans. You know, and then you go home and you watch Mass Singer and you look, suddenly look down at your fat self and you're wearing a muumuu and there's a dent in your couch and you wonder how you're going to get it together. I didn't have that moment. That's true. And you can always you do Ashley next the next You day, wouldn't right? love a muumuu man, would you? <laughs> I'm just trying to picture what kind of muumuu a man would wear, really. Do men wear muumuus? I think at that point. I mean, I think if you're if you're making Acapulco, captains, right? Like maybe. He would call it a captain, but let's be honest, it's a muumuu. <laughs> a captain is a muumuu. You you eat that level of rice and beans at the Acapulco it's a little on more a constant fashionable. basis. <laughs> and muumuu or captain, you are wearing a blanket that you cut a hole in to put your head through. <laughs> and if there's beans and rice, there's going to be gas, and that blanket is going to act like holding mechanism. Yeah, that's and then terrible. when you, you know when it, you go to take it off, you're gonna get the whole thing. That's that's you don't a, want that's that. a no go. You don't want that. That's yeah. a no. see, you wouldn't be with that. <laughs> that's why this has been a commercial that Athlean X has not pay, paid for, but I really enjoy the Athlean X workout system. Yeah. And if you don't want to be Moo Moo Captain, head in the blanket, gas, Alcapoco beans fart guy, <laughs> oh who the Medusa left for some Chad, <laughs> then then don't do that. Join Athlean-X. Get one of their programs. Exactly. Stack some steel. That's what this whole podcast was about. <laughs> Athlean-X didn't we even pay me to do that. We promise it's not sponsored. No. Uh, I think what we're going to talk about... Uh, oh, okay, then Saturday night, we went and got sushi. And that was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. After a long day of writing Forgotten Ruin and working out. That yep. was fun. Yep. And then today, we went and saw a movie called The Outfit. And you're probably thinking, it's probably about a band of hardened mercenaries. No, it's not. It's about a tailor. And I love tailor stuff. Because I kind of like fashion, and uh, and I I when I I think when I saw the movie The Tailor of Panama, and I read the book, which is about a spy, who's you know sort of cutting suits for English expats, banking expats down in Panama and the generals before the '89 war. Um, I really got into tailoring, and like I'll I'll watch videos on Instagram of like these sort of. Seville Row tailors and things like this. So this was a movie in that vein. It's actually about a tailor who tailors for the mob. And I highly recommend it. There's one derail moment that's not really too bad. You buy it, but it's it's again like the special magical race group people come in and they're not bad criminals or anything. And they, they pronounce their judgment on uh, kind of like in, uh, in, 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 
Is it Hamlet or is it Romeo and Juliet where the, the judge of the city comes in and goes a pox on both of your houses? That's usually the standard magic people moment in every movie I, I watch right now where white people are behaving badly and they're all kind of characters and stabbing and murdering, doing all the human things, stabbing, murdering, cheating, all these kinds of stuff. And then the magic people come in and then they give you the pox on your houses speech, which it, we should have all seen this coming because if you watched any kind of Shakespeare movies in the 90s, like this guy would always be, he would come in after both the Capulets and the Montagues are dead and he'd tell you, you know, pox on both your houses. And that guy would be African-American. And you kind of saw where that was going. And and I don't mind it. I think it's a great role. And I just actually watched a, a clip today with Sidney Portier, who I met one time and we talked about uh, our love for this bread that we were standing in line to get. And he was cool. So I have no problems with that. But sometimes lately it's gotten a little ham handed. And, and I see it. And I note it, and I'm having such a good time in the movie, I really don't care. But it's almost like it's it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier about like the Jewish right-wingers and the white MAGA Trump white-wingers always being the source of trouble that Bosch or the secret special forces unit needs to get. And I'm like, I know you want that to be true, but that's not actually the truth. Mm-hmm. And and after a while, it's like, you don't have to do this. You could just tell the story this way. But it still worked, and it was fun, and I really liked it. It's a good, enjoyable movie. If you want to go out to the movie theaters and see it, uh, the performances are all great, and I, and I liked it. But you could stream it now. That's kind of the fun thing about movies. You could just rent it, and you could stream it at home. It's better than watching The Croods, too. What's that? I don't know. It's oh. like a Disney movie. Is but oh. on that subject, Nicolas Cage has a movie coming out that looks awesome. Oh, yeah. In which he plays the role he was born to play, Himself. Nicolas Cage, <laughs> and and he and the premise is he has a super fan, uh-huh. and the super fan turns out to be some sort of massive terrorist, <laughs> you know. But and, the super fan has already hired him. Has already hired him for to... a fantasy weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and then insert the CIA, and and the Medusa aptly noted, here was the agenda: the CIA are the good guys, mm-hmm. and we all know from this podcast. The CIA are the bad guys. The bad guys. That's right. I said it. That's I hope right. She said it. I hope CIA that that We're made you, you that made you feel bad. <laughs> if you're listening in on this, just give two clicks. <laughs> exactly. Well, we knew it. We knew it. <laughs> knew it. Okay, so that was our weekend. Well, then we had an epic pie. If you're ever in uh, the OC, go to Folks Pizzeria. We love these people. It's a it's a it's a couple that we know, and. They like when we first start going to their pizza place, they make like a yeast dough. So it really rises perfectly and they've got great ingredients and it's not your average pizza. And we like, oh, like we hope they make it because like it didn't what didn't really catch on at first. Now you can't even get in. It's so stuffed. Yeah. But it really is hands down like the best pizza. It's a good pie. The best. It's a best pie. Yeah. The Medusa likes that pie. I do. It was great. Yeah. So while we were having pizza. We were discussing. Uh, well, I asked you a question. And I'm do you check something real quick? All right, we're still recording. The Medusa was moving her her boots around and trying to pull the mic out, and then we were going to record the whole podcast. And then <laughs> I, was going, I know. But everything so I, was fine. I stopped and I checked because Good. I've only got the energy to do this once tonight, <laughs> okay. not three times. Good call. Good call. Goblin. Sorry. Yes. So, I was asking you. And you had very interesting answers, so we thought we would share them. I was just saying, like, 
what is your take on Russia currently? Sort of with the war, but more overall, as in like, because, and I was just saying like, even from like the honest people that are trying to really figure out what's going on, I'm getting like different takes and different theories and stuff. So mainstream media, obviously BS. I don't listen to them. I mainly listen to them to be like, okay, what's not true? Okay, that's not true. But um, anyway, I was just saying like one of the things we heard over the weekend that was an interesting theory was, um, and this was from a journalist who's in Russia. Remember that guy? Um, He was saying that he felt that Putin is still in with the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. Um, And his reasoning was um, kind of like the agendas of the World Economic Forum are actually happening with Russia, through Russia, everything like that. So that's lining up, which might indicate that that's possibly true, or it could be a coincidence, you know. So I was just like, you know, what is your take on that? Because some people would definitely also say, like, they don't think that's the case. They think he's broken ranks with them, and that's why they're attacking him and saying he's, oh, he's the worst person ever, is because he does, he's not going along with their globalist agenda. So that was my question to you, is like, what what is your feeling right now on where you think he is and what that's all about. We'll post that interview because I thought that was a really good interview from an American journalist who's kind of a young kid who has gone over there to teach English and then he started writing about Russia and he seems to have some interesting takes from on the ground. And that's a thing that I kind of found all weekend from various sources is I think some takeaways I had are this, like the things on the ground are much different than what is being reported. Mm -hmm. Saw that in Ukraine, saw that in Russia, from some various things that we listened to. Um, The other thing that I found, I think, in three different things that we listened to was it may seem like in certain areas things are better, and like with respect to COVID and lockdowns, but actually what I found is a lot of it is actually quite the same. And vaccine stuff. But I think that there is a psychological operation to make it seem like, oh, those people have it worse. These people have it better. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You have to be very careful of these these things. I think China has gotten carried away with attempting to create, and I'm definitely seeing the COVID narrative is still alive. So there were videos in China of all these ambulances lined up and going door to door and locking people down again. Remember, this is China where they they started off by showing videos of people passing out in the street. But if you could read Chinese and turn off the sound, you could see the people in the background, the people are watching, saying, this is fake, don't believe this. And again, did anybody see that happen in COVID? The the people just dying in the streets, like we were told at the beginning and and Trump and everybody said, oh, we need to lock down. This is the worst thing ever. That that kind of never happened, the 25% death rate. People passing out. That I, that never happened. No. Oh, you know when they did start passing out in the streets and on football fields? Oh. And when they, they did press conferences. You know what? When, when did that happen? Um, I'm going to say when the vaccine got rolled That's out. That's right. Like Tiffany then, Dover? Maybe those people in the Chinese video had been vaccinated. Maybe. And then they passed out <laughs> before there was a vaccination. So... A lot of a lot of um, pucky, as mom likes me to say. You can say pucky, Bo. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say the other bad words. So it could be pucky, could be pucky. Um, but 
uh, like in Russia and, and probably here in a lot of the major cities I know here in California, you know, like you can go into places, everybody's kind of ignoring the restrictions or mandates or whatever. But if you go to these sporting events or you go to these government, you got to do it, you got to play the game. So I would say that in a lot of places, expect the slow simmer of biological warfare, whether it's going to biological menace, whether it's going to be uh, COVID or Bill Gates's preferred vaccine that he has now, which is smallpox, hemorrhagic fever is another one. I don't know. I think we're going to be frightened with these things. But what I asked the Medusa when she asked me, what do you think is going on with Russia, Ukraine? What is this all about? Because many things don't add up because there is so much weird misinformation, flat out weird misinformation. Well, in this case, I might suggest doing inductive reasoning in which we look at the results and we, we Columbo our way back to find out who the murderer is. So this week alone would give us some very good navigational points to use a little bit of inductive reasoning. And the main thing that you can take away from this is that Joe Biden, by every move that he has made, has now created a separate economic system centered around Russia, uh, China, in that people are now opening Chinese bank accounts. Uh, the Russians are en masse. Um, the Saudis are now attempting to arrange oil trades in Yuan. So remember, before this week, everything was American dollar standard. Joe Biden single-handedly has now through through oh we gotta we get these bad Russians they're the bad didn't you see the video where they stabbed the baby 48 times and the son's crying over the mother look at it goes to Kiev we're all behind that wait he shot down 600 aircraft and it's all bullshit none of those things are true did you see the new one I sent you like a day or two ago you know like all these pictures you've talked about some of them where they try to say like this is from the ukraine just a week ago and it was like from a couple of years ago in syria or whatever there was a new one with firefighters yeah same thing, same thing. and then they so show... you're seeing all these recycled photo images from other conflicts and we're being told this emotionalism and now like there's a thing i was following last night is that a lot of Zelensky stuff is now being shown to be done on a green screen and you can make <laughs> right. a credible argument that um they can't reveal his location, but he's advancing this thing, this narrative, and the people behind him. That Zelensky is on the front line, front lines, under fire, leading the troops, begging for. And 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 a lot of people say no, he's actually in Poland, and he's been there for about three weeks, and they're just green screening that stuff. And I'm like, I get it for security reasons, but it's bad faith in something where we really actually need a lot of open dialogue because oh yes, we're playing with nuclear weapons. And again, I'm not buying it. So if we jump to inductive reasoning and we try to figure out what's going on, here is what I might offer you. The result that we are seeing of all of these shenanigans is that a separate economic system has been created, centered around China, and that now one of the world's foremost commodities, oil, is now being dealt out in Yuan. I listened to a Catherine Austin Fitz Solari report this weekend, and they do like a money and markets report. And, and that's worth getting the Solaria report just based on that. But the long and short of it, after they went through like sort of a lot of really grim news, there's two takeaways. And I verified this with my consigliere on the ground, who's one of the f smartest financial people I know. And his name is Jerry. 
And Jerry says, yeah, we're going to a gold standard. We've always been on a gold standard. They just didn't tell it to you. But the central banks are all gold standard. And what we're seeing now as Bretton Woods 2 ends, if you don't know about that, Bretton Woods 1, Bretton Woods 2, we're now entering Bretton Woods 3, which is we are leaving the sort of fiat money standard of national currency. And we are probably most likely being moved now to a world currency uh, or a system, a series of world currencies um, that will be gold backed. And they are gold backed because if you see it, like gold's been purposely tanked for a long time and it's been gathered up en masse by Russia. Actually, a lot of Russia is gold. Um, and now, of course, lo and behold, we're going back to the gold standard. Isn't that great, everybody? It's going to really work out for everybody but the United States. Um, England separated itself from the EU. And once it was separated and once oil was, you know, going through the roof, guess what they did this week? Oh, my gosh, we discovered a massive oil field in the North Sea. Isn't that great for us? Sorry, Germany. I guess you need Russian oil. Germany's getting hammered. And this is kind of crazy because five years ago, Germany was ruling the EU. Germany is absolutely being hammered. The UK has totally screwed them 100%. But the UK is most likely the center of globalist and Rothschild's power. I know, crazy, crazy territory country. But anyways, those things are all things to consider. And I'm going to give you one last thing to consider. Catherine Austin Fitz said, when you look at every decision that's been made, you actually have to come to the conclusion that Joe Biden and the people running Joe Biden are doing everything they possibly can to tank the U.S. dollar. Now, you could accept that and you could say, oh, this is Carter-esque levels of bad decision making. But isn't it funny that suddenly the decisions that are being made allow a second economic system based on the Chinese monetary unit to rise within a matter of week, uh, within, within, within a matter of a week. Now, two factors to consider. One, this all comes out of the Ukraine. Now, what do we know about the Ukraine? We know that the Hunter Biden laptop implicates Joe Biden heavily in the Ukraine. We know that we have shenanigans going on in Ukraine with Zelensky that aren't above the board, but that are creating this crisis in which Russia attacks Joe Biden makes every horrible financial decision in which we now need to uh, ostracize every Russian ever as though on purpose driving massive amounts of Russia, the largest nation in the world, land base, but a lot of large, largest oil provider, largest grain provider, a lot of gold reserves. Russian only, Russia only carries 17 percent debt, unlike us, who's at about 130 percent, drives them into the arms of China. And just so you know, Hunter Biden has a ton of Chinese business dealings, and it is a not secret that Joe Biden is in the pay of China. So it's not an accident. It's on purpose. So what is the Ukraine all about? It is about the stage managed rise of China. Russia is in on it. Russia is in on it with Joe Biden through the proxy of China. They're all in on it together. And they're doing this on purpose, and it's a completely fake war. And the end result is we are now moving to a Chinese-dominated world. 
which is really being run by the globalists. I think I think the whole I think I think that there is sort of a mob war happening between Soros and China, but I wouldn't discount that it's all play acting. At the end of the day, I think Putin I believe may be doing this with the WEF. All I know is the end result is the US dollar is going to be strong for a little bit while longer, but not much longer as world trade moves to China and China is seen as sensible and and here here will be the irony China will be seen as the one that actually protects your money when they do all the crappy stuff that Canada and and we've done but when you have uh, companies like Vista and MasterCard cutting off Russian citizens credit cards and stuff like that like just so you know that's a war crime that's like you can look it up in the Geneva Conventions everything like that you cannot attack a citizen's ability to transact that they, they're not like what about all the russian people who were protesting against uh the war you cut off all their stuff so believe it or not that's a war crime but what we have entered now if you listen to s2 re- re- report which we'll is we'll try to link that one i think that was actually a really solid one to listen to but we we now have a lawless government that breaks every law and the constitution and if and i think the constitution is above the geneva conventions but in the court of world you know, affairs, the Geneva Conventions is held in higher esteem than the Constitution, as in it is, it is, there's, there are many more signing bodies that, are, are, that are, are attached to that and have signed on to that. Well, they're now breaking those too. They're completely law. If you broke any of those, you would disappear. They're breaking them willy-nilly. And the only thing that I can say is, if you want to know what Ukraine and Russia is about, I don't think you're going to find it on any news sources. Just look at the results of what are going on. And the results are China is now the center of a new rival economic system. And will they win or will we win? I don't know. But I know that the people who are leading our economic system are working for them. One of the first steps that we need to do going forward is no more dual citizenship. I was talking to, uh, we were talking to a Japanese woman last night, and she was saying one of the big problems that Japan is having is that many people who are in the Japanese government actually are Chinese citizens. And everybody knows all they do is make decisions for China. We have that here. And we have people like Eric Solwell, and I think Adam Kinzinger, and Nancy Pelosi, who are absolutely in the pay of China. And we have Chinese people, sorry Chinese people, I'm not being a racist here, but if you're holding dual citizenship, you shouldn't be working for the government. You shouldn't be working with any government contracts. Uh, we've seen that through intellectual property theft. And you shouldn't be running for elected positions. And I would seriously question any elected official who had somebody, like the White House does, has 12 people at the top levels in the White House who hold dual citizenship. You cannot ask for loyalty and focus and honesty of interest for the nation for someone who is a citizen of another nation and holds them in higher esteem. People can rail about that and be upset about it, or you can be realistic about it and you cannot be a child about it. And you can say someone who has dual citizenship is not going to do the job that I'm asking them to do. I think it's fair. I think maybe we were hearing also Catherine Austin Fitz talk about that. And I think the thing that she said about it is like, because if anything, you know, part of it is because they have an out, you know, as in, oh, well, if things just implode there, I can always go back to my other country. You know what I mean? So they don't have the same 
skin in the game, the the same investment. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, what do I think is happening? What do I think the Ukraine is about? I think it's about China. And I think it's about the rise of China. And you can have all these other histronics and these things and war, and you can see some pictures, but it would be a great time to step back and look at things unemotionally and just for a week, maybe take this week and just look at results and look at what is actually happening. Joe Biden and his administration and whoever is running that administration single-handedly this week created a second economic system within the world when a week ago we were number one. A lot of people don't understand the realities of that. You are not going to like that. And nature, as much as it abhors a vacuum, there's no there's no co-equal existence in nature. There's only the dominant and everybody else. So what you're going to see now is China attempt to rise. Do I think it's over for us? No, I do not. I think if you turn loose the American people, like Trump talked about, but it's honest, if you turn us loose and stop managing us and making war on us and allow us to do business, we are the best friends. We are the strongest allies. We are the most inventive people on the earth. We are in, we are ingenious. We are strong. We can do these things. And that's why there are so many things like COVID to, you know, CRT to so many things that are there to hamstring us and get us fighting instead of turning us on and saving our country. A step that we could all make and begin. And I'm, I'm going to start going forward talking about solutions, but I really do think we need to get rid of dual citizenship office holders in the United States. I think there actually are a ton in Congress. There's a lot. And that that really needs to stop. And we need to look at some of these countries who are our quote unquote allies. And we need to begin to wonder why those people hold positions in government. When we asked for help from a lot of allies this week and they wouldn't even return Biden's phone call. Saudi Arabia was one. You've got it. You got you got to stop having this hissy fit, you know, oh, you know, that's racist and blah, blah, blah. It's not racist. You have to look at the world and reality and you have to look at the fact that some of the people like Ilhan Omar and stuff like that, they don't love this country. They hate it. I think Barack Obama was one of those people. They hate it and they they think that destroying it is better for the world. They see themselves as part of entities, of, of other entities. I think that Ilhan Omar sees herself as a part of the Ummah, which is the mass of, of Muslims. That's what they call themselves, the Ummah. I think that Barack Obama sees himself as a citizen of the world. And that's that's not enough for me. You've got to be an American. You've got to be America first. You've got to be pro-American. And you've got to be about turning the American people free, getting rid of this surveillance state. That That doesn't jibe with our Constitution. We cannot have that. And the ground-level thing that I think that we can all do, if you'll get my music ready, I'm playing myself out. Let's start it up. I think the thing that you can do as we go through this is just fight it at every level. Don't allow it. Don't have, don't use their words. Don't have their conversations. Don't go to crime scene number two because that's where they want us to go next. And that is the podcast. And I love you. And I love you. And we'll be back this week a lot.